Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. June 7th, we go to the polls here in the province of Ontario to elect a uh, new government or the same government. Well, we don't know yet. Uh, you certainly heard some of the stories and the subtext about what's going on, and the circus around the election seems to have superseded that. But uh, at some point, I, I hope so anyway, we're going to start talking about issues. And uh, with that, uh, we want to talk to uh, all the uh, leaders of the political parties about exactly what their platforms are going to be. Uh, to that end, we're so pleased to welcome our next guest. Uh, Mike Schreiner is the leader of the Green Party here in the province of Ontario. It's good to see you. We've talked on the phone many times. for the first time I've uh, had you in the studio. Good to have you, Mike. Yeah, Bill, it's great to be in studio. We're on our Green Vision Tour, uh, 2,500 kilometers, cities, uh, 20 cities in nine days, and it's great to be in Hamilton today. So you're the party leader that's not embroiled on controversies. How do you do that? No. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm boring in that regard. Maybe I like to talk about issues too much, so, so I'd love to talk about issues with you. Uh, well, we're going to do that. Uh, you guys are, are characterized as, uh, oh, you're yeah, the Green Party. That's the that's that environmental party, uh, which is I guess is one element of this. But uh, but it's 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 a, a pretty narrow characterization. Oh, I tell you what, Bill, our Green Vision, uh, which I encourage people to go to gpo.ca/vision. We have a broad range of forward-thinking policies about putting people first, uh, focused on jobs, people, and planet. And uh, I'm very excited about the reception we're getting in communities across the province and at doors because people are ready to do politics differently. Greens elected across Canada are showing people how politics can be done differently by putting people first. Let's, and and I'm, I, by the way, I don't want to give short shrift to environmental issues because I know that that's, that's obviously very important. Uh, others are starting to come to that 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 role too, uh, in varying degrees, I guess we should say. But but there's so much more to this. I want to talk about some of the fiscal elements. But maybe maybe the better way to do this, Mike, is I want to talk about some of the things that are happening in Ontario right now and how how the Green Party would address those. Uh, and let's do the environmental thing right off the bat uh, about alternative forms of energy, about green energy. Uh, this government's been in power now for 14 years. Uh, one of the hallmarks of, of their government uh, is the Green Energy Act. That's one of the things they hang their hat on is, as being forward-thinking and, and progressive and the sort of thing that this province needed. Uh, I think there's a pretty strong case to be said that it has been mismanaged and uh, maybe misunderstood to a certain part. Uh, forget about, for the second, uh, what happened. Uh, you know, that, that stuff's behind us right now. Uh, if June 8th, uh, you're the premier of this province, how do you fix this? Yeah, well, um, what we're going to do is we're going to fix it by rolling out green energy properly. I was one of the first leaders to be very critical of the way in which the liberals are rolling this out because they put their corporate friends ahead of community power. If you look at how green energy is being rolled out successfully around the world, particularly in Germany and Denmark, it's it's owned by local citizens, not multinational corporations. And so green energy is revitalizing local economies, creating local jobs, and providing local prosperity to particularly rural municipalities around the world. Unfortunately, the liberals didn't do it that way. They put corporate friends ahead of community power. What would you do about some of the, the the concerns that we've got right now about pricing? I mean, I was very concerned, and I, I mentioned this on the air, so I'll just repeat it now. Uh, during the last uh, Progressive Conservative Leadership debate, when uh, Tanya Granick-Allen said that uh, she wanted to rip the wind turbines out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, and, makes and, no and, sense. And, and, and what, that was bad enough, but Doug Ford said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> uh, Christine Elliott was the adult in the room there that said, yes. do you understand that that means contracts that could cost billions of dollars like the gas plant did? Uh, you can't have a naive approach to this. You know, even no. if you have a philosophical difference with what the liberals have done, you've got to have a pragmatic approach about what we do going forward. Absolutely. And, you know, Bill, one of the things that we need to have is an honest conversation about why electricity prices are going up. 
you know, if you look at the global adjustment, that's what's causing your prices to go up. 46% of the increase in the global adjustment is due to nuclear contracts, about 17% due to renewable energy contracts, and most of that is due to the rebuilding of Niagara Falls through the Big Becky project. So it's not wind and solar that's driving up prices. I mean, yes, wind and solar is driving up prices somewhat, but it's actually nuclear. No nuclear plant in Ontario's history has ever come in on time or on budget. Now the Liberals want to waste $14 billion to $32 billion on rebuilding the Darlington nuclear plant, which is outdated, overpriced technology, when we can buy low-cost water power from Quebec at a third of the price. And the money we would save from not throwing it down the nuclear drain, we could take that money and invest it in your home and your business to help you save money by saving energy, increasing the value of your home and increasing the value of your business. That's the better approach to rising electricity prices. So you feel you can control prices by alternative forms? In other words, no nuclear? No nuclear, absolutely. That's what's driving up the price. I mean, literally, I'm a small business owner, Bill. Would you invest in outdated, overpriced technology that's never delivered on time or on budget when you've got lower-cost alternatives available to you? It makes absolutely no sense. You know, a great example is the Climate Change Center here in Hamilton at Mohawk College. They've put in one of the first net-zero buildings in in the area. Uh, So their costs of heating, cooling, um, electrifying that building is going to be way reduced, uh, almost zero. And so that's how we can help people save money by saving energy. And the final point I want to make here is, is, you know, it is so irresponsible of this liberal government to put out the Band-Aid they've done with electricity prices, falsely subsidizing them by 25% before the election. They're going to go way up after the election because they haven't solved the root of the problem and that's going to cost 40 to 90 billion dollars that's 40 to 90 billion dollars that could go to health care to education to public transit to the services that people expect want and need from government but it, but, but premier mike schreiner is going to take that over uh, and on June 8th, when you know you're going to say well, you fix that, what do you do? How do you do, yep. you do you simply say we're going to roll those prices up because you're not going to be able to, to you can't change the system overnight. Yeah. So you target those to the people who need it. So that 25 percent reduction is primarily a tax cut for the rich. Think about it. Wealthy people have bigger homes, more electronic devices. They use more electricity. So there's a lot of wealthy people who are getting a bigger discount than a lot of low-income people's entire electricity bill. So take that money, take that program, and target it to people with modest and middle incomes who need the help, uh, but don't spend 40 to $90 billion that you're taking away from health care, education, and other public services that people need. That is not a responsible way to spend people's money. One of the other contentious issues, since we're talking about energy and hydro, was Hydro One itself. Now, the government, of course, had to sell off of a great deal of that. Uh, Andrea Horvath is suggesting that if she becomes premier, she's going to buy those shares back. Uh, I, I asked her, frankly, I said, if I bought some of those shares and I didn't, uh, how are you going to convince me to sell them to you? I mean, you can't do that. I mean, this is a free market, I think, still, isn't it? What's, yeah. your, what's your solution to that? Yeah, Bill, you know what? First of all, the government made a huge mistake privatizing Hydro One, and Kathleen Wynne and the Liberals have to wear that mistake. It was a disastrous decision. It was, again, short-term thinking. This is another example of how short-term thinking hurts the people of Ontario. Uh, and it's going to have That's going to be a long-term financial disaster for the province. I would like to see the province at least get 50% of control of Hydro One again. So at least we have majority control. That? Well, the government could buy back those shares. Um, I think the cost of buying, and they can do that on the on the on the 
TSX, just like any other investor could do. The cost of buying back 100%, though, um, I'm nervous about that because I think it would have huge, huge costs to Ontario. And I don't know if that's the, I don't think that's the responsible way to go. But at least if we could become a majority shareholder again, uh, at 51%, we'd at least retain control of Hydro One. And so then it could be managed in the interest of the people of Ontario, not shareholder interest. Minimum wage uh, went up January the 1st. Uh, the Liberal plan is for it to go up again uh, in just a few months, in fact, now. What's the, the Green Party's position on that? You know what? Um, our position is is we can both have living wages for workers and fair taxes for small businesses. One of the things that really angers me, and this is an example of how we do politics differently, is I feel like the Premier is playing wedge politics with people's lives pitting workers against family-owned businesses, and the conservative establishment is saying, well, workers don't deserve to have um, a living wage and not have poverty-level wages. And the Green Party is saying, you know what, let's not make a wedge issue out of people's lives. Let's do both. So let's increase the minimum wage so workers get a fair uh, return for the work that they do, and let's lower payroll taxes on small family-owned local businesses so they can afford to hire more people and pay those people a higher wage. Our plan provides immediate cash flow support for local family-run small businesses and helps workers get the money they deserve so they don't have to work at poverty-level wages. That's doing politics differently. Okay, so would a Green Party government uh, follow through with the extra $1 in Absolutely, raise? absolutely. And so that, would, that policy would be maintained then? That policy would be maintained, but we would what we would do differently is, is we would provide in next week's budget, I'm calling on the government in next week's budget, to lower taxes on local family-owned businesses so they can afford to pay a higher minimum wage to their workers. Now, their response to that is going to be, look at the small business tax in Ontario is already more than competitive. It's better than most of the states in the United States. Yeah, but you're talking about corporate income tax. We're talking about employer health tax. So, so lowering corporate taxes on small businesses really doesn't provide immediate help at all. Lowering their, and I can tell you this is a longtime small business owner, lowering uh, payroll taxes on small businesses provides immediate cash flow relief for local businesses. Um, we would do it by raising the exemption level for the employer health tax. It's currently $450,000. We would raise it to a million. So that means they would not pay employer health tax on their first million dollars in payroll. That will help small businesses right now on their month to month cash flow. This is a province with uh, very diverse interests, uh, depending on where you live and what part of the province in which you live, uh, whether it's urban, rural, uh, southern Ontario, northern Ontario, etc. But here where we are and where you are today here in Hamilton, Mike, uh, public transit in, in the GTA, uh, this whole area, Hamilton, Toronto, Oakville, Mississauga, mm-hmm. Brampton, uh, is the issue. And it's the, one of the issues that the, the government has hung their hats on with their commitment to light rail transit and increased transportation and increased uh, public transit. The Greens' position on this, I, and I'll get right to the, the consensus issue here in Hamilton, the light rail transit system. Uh, would, would Premier Schreiner fund that? Do you continue with that program? Premier Schreiner would fund that. We're big supporters of transit. I know light rail is a controversial issue in Hamilton, but what we would also do is fund better uh, inner city uh, transit as well. I mean, the fact that I cannot take, I live in Guelph, the fact that I cannot catch a go bus even from Guelph to Hamilton is outrageous. I can't even catch a go bus from Guelph to Kitchener-Waterloo. Outrageous. So we need better inner city rail transit as well as better inner city bus transit so people have affordable, reliable, accessible 
transit to get around the entire region. And Bill, the one thing we would do differently than all the other political parties is we would be honest with you about how to pay for it. You know, the liberals are doing it primarily through debt financing, which the interest payments on that debt's taking money away from health care, education, and other public services we need. And the conservatives and the NDP, whenever they talk about funding transit, they're in some magical fairyland where they think fairy dust is going to pay for it. So how we would pay for it is we would have congestion charges to go into Toronto, we would have park commercial parking levies within the GTA region, and we would have land value capture around transit stops. All the experts, there's been so many expert panels on this that have said, you know, that would raise over $2 billion to fund transit. And, and, and so that's the position the Green Party has taken. And I hope people respect us for being honest, because I am so tired of politicians saying, we support this, we support that, and they won't tell you how to pay for it. And if we don't start electing politicians who are going to be honest with people, we will not have honest politics. Now, I, I began our conversation, Mike, by talking about the fact that the Green Party is not just environmental issues. And it seems as most of the stuff we've talked about is environment related. And, and so is the next topic. Uh, it's the carbon tax. But I'm going to, I'm going to justify this because there's more to the carbon tax than just the environmental concern. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a finance issue. It's a budget item. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a cash cow for some provinces in some situations. Uh, obviously, it's, we pretty much know where the provincial government, as it stands right now, Premier Wynne supports the carbon tax here. Doug Ford says he'll scrap it. Uh, uh, the NDP obviously are in favor of something like this. There's a couple of variations on this right now. What's the Green Party's position on it vis-a-vis Ontario? So we need a climate change plan that's fair to people. And you know what? I think it's I think it's good that the Liberals have taken some steps, but you know what? They're kind of pretending to do something about it, but not really addressing the issue. The NDP's largely been missing an action on this issue, and the Conservative establishment now seems to be just climate deniers from what I can see. They started to flirt with doing something about it, but the new leadership um, has backed off on that. So what the Green Party would do is, is First of all, we would bring in carbon pricing uh, and escalate it up to a level that would change people's behavior and return all that money back to the people of Ontario. So particularly modest and middle income folks can deal with the transition to a low carbon economy. And what we would also do is, is we would stop the government from spending billions of dollars on fossil fuel dependent infrastructure. Um, you know, they want to keep building roads and highways and, and things that actually increase our carbon pollution. And then they throw a few hundred million dollars at things that would actually decrease carbon pollution. So we need to shift our infrastructure investments. We need to shift the way in which we support business development programs to support those pro- low carbon projects and those businesses that are going to help us leap into the future now and create 21st century jobs right now by investing in things like advanced manufacturing, bioproducts, clean technology. That's how we're going to rebuild the middle class. I call it the green middle class. Right now in Canada, 274,000 people work in clean energy. Average salary, $92,000. That's how we're going to rebuild the middle class 
through green innovation. I want to get back to the to the money from the carbon tax, though, that's, uh, because this has been implemented in other provinces. In British Columbia, uh, the money is doled back out in the way of uh, individual uh, uh, tax deductions. Mm-hmm. Uh, to each, in other words, everybody who pays tax gets a reduction. Uh, my understanding is the government of Manitoba is using the money from their carbon tax to actually lower the provincial tax for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, that's a conservative government that's uh, right. in, Br- in Manitoba that's doing that. What would your plan be? Yeah, so our plan would be to return it to the people through a dividend check. So in the same way people got an HST rebate check when that transition happened, or the same way people get a child tax credit, the reason I like doing it that way better than uh, income tax cuts is, is that your ultimate goal, frankly, is that you don't want to collect any more carbon tax revenue because you don't want people polluting anymore. And so to base government revenues on that, I think, is dangerous because we don't want to take revenues away from central government programs like education, like health care, like affordable housing, like transit, like public services. But by returning it to people as a dividend check, then that helps people be able to invest in things that will help them um, conserve energy and save money. So maybe you'll buy LED light bulbs. Maybe you'll insulate your home. Maybe you'll buy a monthly transit pass. Maybe you'll buy a bicycle. Maybe you'll buy an electric vehicle. But you have the resources to figure out what makes sense for you to help you um, save money and save energy and reduce pollution. A very limited time left. Uh, Hopefully this will be the first of a number of discussions we'll have. Uh, Once the red is dropped, uh, there is going to be at least one, hopefully more than that, leaders' debates. Uh, How do you get an invite to the party? You know what? I would encourage everyone who wants to hear all four of the main political parties to go to fairdebates.ca. It's a non-affiliated action. As a matter of fact, somebody who used to work for another political party started this campaign to have the Green Party included in the leaders' debate. Their argument is, is there are four parties who get enough votes across the province to qualify for per-vote funding of political parties, and the citizens of Ontario have a right, and they deserve to hear from all four of those party leaders. So you can go to fairdebates.ca. There are politicians from across the political spectrum, as well as a number of prominent Canadians who are saying, we want to hear from the Green Party because Greens are being elected across the country. And when Greens are elected, people are seeing that you can do politics differently. You can do politics in a way that puts people first. And that's inspiring them to actually vote for more Greens. And we're seeing actually voter engagement and voter turnout go up because of the hope that Greens are bringing that we can do politics differently. Mike Schreiner, who is uh, the leader of the Ontario Green Party, thanks so much for coming in, Mike. Thanks, uh, Bill, anytime. Enjoy the rest of your time here in Hamilton today. Yeah, I love Hamilton, so shout out to everyone in Hamilton today. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.